Okay, it started. Welcome, Bugs and Stuff listeners, to probably our last Bugs and Stuff book club for a little while. Yeah. Um, because books are hard to read while you're a grad student and you're also reading 100,000 <laughs> other papers. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> well, I guess we might do um, Lulu Miller's book. Yes, I so did. I've read that, that one already. That might be our so. next one, maybe. Okay. Um, but that's the end of the episode discussion listeners <laughs> so pretend you didn't hear that <laughs> right 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 well first of all you didn't sing the jingle i thought the jingle oh the did you bugs and stuff book club jingle yeah but i don't really remember it usually usually <laughs> you, you do it right okay okay, okay. bugs and stuff book club that's it. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> wow, we're really. It's been, Folks, it's we're been in the middle so of a global time. pandemic. I don't know if you've noticed. Everything <laughs> so much time, and I just I'm. This is where we are. Ding 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 ding. Bugs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this book is called Fatal Invention by Dorothy Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And it is a book about essentially how race is a social construct, but science tries to teach it or treat it as um, a not social, a biological thing. Yeah. So often she talks about how race is used as a proxy for some unknown genetic difference. Which, yes. which is not to say that that is nobody has found that genetic difference. Absolutely, there is zero <laughs> evidence of that being. Most people are very related. Actually, <laughs> yes, it's just we all came from Africa and evolved from there. We're literally the same thing because I think. Oh no! I was listening to another talk in a related topic. Um, at that SciComm conference we were at mm-hmm. this weekend, Caitlin. Oh, yeah. You said that was a really good one. I wish I had gone to that one. Yeah. Well, she was talking about how if we were genetically different from different ra- races, then we couldn't do, like, organ transplants between the races, and we can. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that makes – that's, like, a total debunk. Like, yeah. race doesn't usually come into – like, isn't a factor when you yes. think about that. Oh, you know what? We need to back up, Caitlin. Okay. I think we should remind our listeners that our interpretations of this book and our feelings on this topic come from our privilege mm-hmm. of we being white two white females. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we haven't had to deal with these issues and these inequities in our lives Um, But we are trying to do better by educating ourselves, which is one of the reasons we wanted to read this book. Um, And I also want to say that books are a great way if you are another person trying to educate yourself rather than burdening your black friends, which I'm sure they may answer questions, but they often get a lot of questions, especially right now. It's helpful to get started at least talking about these things by using books and thinking about that. So you get at least a baseline um, of things that you're understanding and you don't burden those people because they are already currently super burdened 
Right. Not even just burdened by people reaching out to them and asking questions, but also just burdened by all of this stuff. Yeah. They so have to they live don't, it every single day. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't need that reminder if they're having a particularly nice day. So mm-hmm. read books. Try to educate yourself first. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you want to discuss it and you have a friend that is opening to discussing this with you, make sure you ask first. Um, then you can do that. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Back to the book. <laughs> yes. Oh, so. I thought you were going to say no, something no. else. Um, no, I will say I didn't that I thought it was that. a super interesting read. Um, I also thought it was very long. And so if you are going to read this book, just think that you might need to take it in little spurts. Um, there's a lot of information packed into it. And I think there is a ton of takeaways, but I think the major takeaway is what we said at the beginning where um, kind of big business and science has like made this, it was, the book is kind of showing how science is using race as a proxy for some genetic thing that has not been found. There's not a difference. And really it's most likely there are going, the reason why there are differences is because of all the inequalities that exist currently right because the biggest determinant of our genes i'm gonna make a wild claim right here the biggest determination of our genes and what genes are turned on and what genes are active in our bodies comes from the environment around you so if you are a nice white person and you get to live in a nice clean neighborhood with no air pollution and no stress and all that stuff, you're going to have different genes working inside of you than another person, like maybe um, a black person or a Latino person in a neighborhood that is affected by factories nearby and air pollution or water pollution and all of that stuff acting on them, turning on different genes in their bodies. Um, which comes from all of my knowledge of environmental justice, why I use those examples. But the point still stands. The environment impacts your genes more than your actual heredity does. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also interesting how science has kind of used it to like take advantage of people. Like by using like race to take advantage of individuals. Um, and also to not treat them appropriately. Yes. (laughs) Like she, she talks in this book about how in the medical profession, especially, I think a good chunk of the book is how this is used in medicine. Mm. Um, but they say, oh, people, black people don't feel pain the same as white people. So you don't need to prescribe them a fancy pain drug. They can just have Tylenol. Mm-hmm. And there's no basis for that. Why, like, why would you think that? And it's just because that uh, idea has been pre- perpetuated for so long because we used to do really horrible medical experiments on black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. And I, I also think of the other example she gave of the kid who had cystic fibrosis and she I think it was a little girl had cystic Mm -hmm. fibrosis and nobody tested her for cystic fibrosis even though she had all the symptoms because she was 
black and cystic fibrosis, people just the doctors just considered, oh, you're not white. You won't you can't have cystic fibrosis. Even though cystic fibrosis can happen to anybody. Right. <laughs> um right. because of a genetic mutation. So she like wasted a lot of time where she could have been treated. And if you don't know what cystic fibrosis is, it's kind of your body builds up too much mucus. And so the reason why we've done so well in being able to treat that is because there's a lot of management that goes into your body. But if you don't get that early enough, then you have a shorter life expectancy because your body basically gets gunked up with all this mucus. And so like she could have really lost some like major years of her life because doctors were just didn't think to test her because she's black they just assumed she didn't have it yeah i think i think she was like eight Mm -hmm. before they found out she had it and they only found out because some like doctor not associated with that patient saw the x-ray of the lungs and was like oh who's your cystic fibrosis patient (laughs) like oh that's what's going on here (laughs) And I talked to – I have a cousin in medical school right now, and I reached out to him to ask, like, if his training was still perpetuating this stuff, and that was the first example he gave me. So, unfortunately, that's still a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. So, that's less than ideal. But if we think about – eugenic or well this is what i was going towards eugenics mm-hmm. <laughs> because that I was think, the thing that was talked about in the book right and it's kind of the basis of all of this you know it's like choosing which genes are good to pass on to the community at large mm-hmm. and you can't you can't do that it's it's so weird. And we were talking right before we recorded about those mothers who are kind of like looked down upon because they didn't have the genetic testing done on their babies. And now they have babies that have uh, mental issues or on some kind of genetic disease. And the doctors are like, you put this burden on society now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I just. I think also a lot of her framework was like when you frame it like that, as in it's like the mother's fault, like she had the ability to stop it, then you make it so society doesn't feel like they have to um, take care or like help that person at all who's disabled. Um, And so they get fewer rights potentially or fewer like um, because they can't work, they get fewer benefits as a person and I don't know I'm under the impression that everybody should be able to live like a healthy happy life yes (laughs) and everybody has the right to do that and they even if you're disabled you should be able to have that right and that ability and who is to say like also when you get into that you get into like what even are traits that are desirable And how do we make that call? Like that just sounds – that feels so icky. Right. Like not too long ago we were using IQ tests as determinations of who gets sterilized or not. 
Mm-hmm. I think in oh, if it wasn't this might be a spoiler. If it wasn't in this book, it's in the Lulu Miller book that we might read next week. <laughs> um, but there's a girl, her name was Carrie Buck. And she is oh, no, like, I think it was in this one. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like the poster child for these IQ tests having forced sterilization. So mm-hmm. her mother was in a mental hospital because she was quote unquote an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Carrie Buck had gotten um, pregnant as a teenager or something. Mm-hmm. She was young, I remember. Um, and she also tested low on the IQ test and then they tested her daughter and she also tested low. So you, they had like three generations of these quote unquote less intelligent women. So they forced sterilized all of them because they, they couldn't let this unfit intelligence exist in our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just it, IQ tests aren't even good to begin with. <laughs> I'm I'm so mad about standardized testing all the time, but I just I can't believe this was used as something to determine whether or not somebody should have a life where they can have children if they wish and exist and be happy and free in the environment without being treated differently mm-hmm. yeah and just like not having the ability to determine that like part of your how your life is gonna go yeah or like to have control over your body is i don't know not i don't know not. i just i can't imagine walking into some country <laughs> and looking at people who don't look like me and automatically thinking, oh, I'm better than them, so everything's fine. Yeah. Even though, like, I know that's exactly what white people have done for forever, whether it be with uh, African Americans or indigenous peoples. Why? Why? I just, I'm so confused. <laughs> I think it's whole... all just, like, taking advantage and money. So if you yeah. can benefit off of another group of people like people will do that (laughs) i just i guess i just can't wrap my head around treating someone so poorly and i mean obviously that's probably because of my upbringing but in my experience and my privilege and all that stuff i just it it's just so terrible Mm -hmm. and they use so many different things to set them apart from these people who quote unquote needed to be saved like whether that be from treating them or changing them to christianity or like whatever weird disgusting gross thing that white people did and continue to do honestly yeah yeah i think that is just like the reason why we have to continue to read these books and learn and continue to like expand your ability to understand what people are going through all over the place and you just need to be able to 
because it really is so hard to get out of your bubble. Like it's so hard. It's so easy to like just go about your day and like be yourself and not think about what other people are going through every day. Um, But I think it's super important to take some time to like reflect on this is why I am at the place that I am at and other people might not have the same um, ability to get to this place as I do Um, or the same ability to like just survive in the world as I do. Yeah. (laughs) Be treated like like, be treated nicely or fairly or whatever. Right. Um, And I I really think it would help us sort of the reason why I think we have so many like societal issues is because we do have this like big space in between people and there are people who are who treat other people like crap because of to gain something. Yeah. You know, Caitlin. Yeah. There are two things I distinctly remember learning in kindergarten. What? And I don't think any of these other jokers did. <laughs> One, treat others the way you want to be treated. It was literally on a poster in the classroom. I can I can see it. The poster looked like it had a treasure map on it and it was written in gold. Not real gold, like the gold lettering, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, I learned how to put myself in other people's shoes. Yeah. I don't... They didn't learn this. Why didn't they learn this? I also think, like, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say something (laughs) along the lines of, like, to put your – it can be really hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like, you have to try, like, not saying you shouldn't do it, um, but I'm saying, like, people don't take the time to do it. And everyone should. And everybody needs to. (laughs) Do it. Before you say anything – else in the world before you send that next tweet think of someone who's worse off than you and put yourself in those shoes and then go donate to some cause Mm -hmm. (laughs) a good cause yeah (laughs) like the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. or homelessness i don't know whatever speaks your little heart Mm -hmm. help somebody else out yeah is there anything else related to the book that you wanted to bring up Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have so many notes. Um, so the beginning of this book, she was talking about like all these white scientist dudes that we all learned in biology class and they were like actually super freaking racist. This and made we me didn't so know. upset because science has been getting such a bad rap and it kind of deserves it <laughs> because of this. And it's really annoying that people did this because then it immediately gives science like a bad name like you can't trust it and it like right validates everything that people think about it like oh i can't trust it right because we're always changing our minds with new information and we're all learning not to be racist Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) apparently so i was like listening i listened to this on the audiobook And I was listening to it, and she was talking about all of these big-name scientists being racist and horrible and how obviously race. This is my sass voice, not my real thoughts. 
obviously race is a different subspecies because we can't produce viable offspring. Joke's on you. We freaking can. So we're not different species. And then, then Darwin pops up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is Darwin also super horrible? Spoiler alert, he kind of is. But the origins of species came out and everyone was like, whoa, evolution, it's against the church. But also evolution because people can change. And thus, we're all the same. <laughs> that didn't necessarily make sense. But I guess he went on to like write a book specifically on humans. She didn't talk about it as much that I remember. So I don't know if it's good or bad. But the point was, Darwin was like, everybody evolves. We all came from a common ancestor, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, what was that? Survival of the fittest? Oh, we can use that for racism. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, and they kind of use that for to say like people from like African descent or like pretty much anyone they wanted to say was other was like not as evolved, like they were primitive. Right. <laughs> yes. And white it reminds people were like me. the newest, fanciest model, best model, like <laughs> right to come right. out of like, evolution, even though there's no real difference between no. none. Literally, melanin. That is the freaking difference. <laughs> um, yes. And then so they were like talking about all this, and then do you remember she was talking about UNESCO? Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, and how they like came out and said, You all are dum dums. Race isn't a thing, and we're all the same. And then everyone was like, Oh no, it's okay. It is a thing. <laughs> I know they she gave so many examples of like scientists, even like newish scientists, like yeah. using race in their like, again, as a proxy for some kind of genetic difference. That right. Is well, like, and and she, she talks about that one scientist a lot who was, like, actively doing genetic tests to see if there was a difference. And he supposedly found one gene that is different. And uh, I don't I don't understand entirely because I'm not a geneticist. But from what I know of genes, one single gene doesn't mean crap. <laughs> it yeah. means nothing. <laughs> and I mean, it's such a small piece. It, right. And like, is it even really different or did he just pull people all from one environment? Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know enough about it to make a claim on whether or not he was full of baloney. But I'm going to go out and say it. He's a little full of baloney. I don't know. I don't. Well... <laughs> Do you know what this reminds me of, Caitlin? What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who was the first person to say this to me. But one day in my science training, somebody was like, hey, correlation is not causation. But apparently when it comes to race, that doesn't matter. Like there's yeah, so many other confounding factors there's in these studies. I mean, they really need like an ecologist to start working on this. <laughs> Because they would be like, well, how are you even supposed to do this without, like, you don't know. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> it is very it is very true like looking at it from like an environmental st- like so much stuff there's so much stuff that could yeah. be anything and it maybe you have to like test <laughs> a huge group of people to be right. able to get any information about like maybe teasing apart but then again you have all these different backgrounds all these different um things that the, like environments also, just, like, mindsets. The other thing that really, like, was crazy to me is, like, everybody has their own idea of what race they are. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like, how do you tease that? <laughs> I don't know. Right, how do it, you put that into a study? Like, somebody it's all might self-reported. With, like, a, yeah, somebody might connect with a certain part of their background, but they're really um, – like a mixture of a bunch of things. Right. And so like it how do you just call that one thing? <laughs> I know. Well, maybe it's because I'm looking into surveys now and I have that ecology background, but I was like first of all, your main measure is self-reported. So it's trash. You don't know what those people said. What if they checked the Asian box just to see what would happen? There's nothing stopping them from just selecting whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Or they might be like, it might not be a representation of their actual, like, what they're, they, like, maybe they connect better with that part of their heritage. So that's what they connect as, you know? Right. It's such like a subjective thing. Yes, exactly. That's <sighs> like, what I was trying say to say, but I wasn't static, using the word. Like- how do you put that into a model, like, with a straight face on? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And then your their second measure, the genes, we don't even know that much about genes. Like, we certainly know more than we used to, but we still don't know so much. So how can you even be out here talking about genes when we don't even know what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. And Bunch of baloney. Genetics is such a new field. Yes. Like, if you do have some environmental factor that's impacting it. And I also think about, like, recently I've been, like, very much, like, thinking about, like, mindfulness and in my head kind of stuff. But people's brains also augment, like, how everything is going. Like, yes. We know so little. You can change your whole health. A lot (laughs) of stuff. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's really freaking confusing for me Mm -hmm. yeah i just don't know how you even like say that something is impacting a certain race of people (laughs) i don't i just i also do not know i don't know i i think it is important to address these disparities because there are huge disparities but it is important to look at all of the variables yeah related to it especially like social that you might not even know that much about i agree (laughs) who taught these jokers science (laughs) i don't know it's crazy yeah i understand most of this episode was us just complaining about how we don't understand but this is why we're trying to understand so we can be more empathetic towards the people who are dealing with this stuff on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and i think like in some ways like it's our 
role to also like help. Yes. <laughs> like it's I agree. definitely like not just on the people who have to deal with this every day. Like if we this should be an everybody's problem because yeah. if you are to like bring I don't know I just think of like if you have a collective group of people who are all at the same level like you have so much more power like and just like so much more ability to like get stuff done right and also like excluding a group of people like you are like it's not making it a good place for a lot of individuals and it's not making it the best world that you can make it right and we have a responsibility to make it better for those people who don't have as loud of a voice, mm-hmm. especially those of us who are historically at fault. That's us white people. We have to do better and yeah. we have to make this a better world for everyone. And I just everyone needs to be at the table at all times Look around. If someone isn't there, you're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seemed very vague, but it made sense, right? Yeah, it did. I like okay. it. If someone's not at the table, you're not doing a good enough job. Everyone gets a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sick of people getting left out. No matter what the situation is, just that is so mean. Just let everybody in. Let everybody's voices be heard. Quit treating people medically worse because of the color of their skin. It's freaking Mm -hmm. horrible. Everybody deserves to be healthy. Mm -hmm. It's just, of course they do. That I don't understand why that's even a question. I, I, I'm at a loss. Yeah. I took a lot of digesting of this book. Like after every chapter, I would wait until the next day to listen to the next one because I just needed to reflect on all of these things because it is so much information. It's a very dense with information. And I wanted to give it like the best of my ability to understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still just so frustrating to know that this stuff has happened and I can't fix what happened in the past, but I can fix what's happening now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really important takeaway from any of these kind of, from anything that you read or learn about. Like, what can you do now as a person, now that you know this? Can you (laughs) continue to educate yourself? Can you vote differently? Can you help people protest or make sure that certain people get get a seat at that table that you're at. Like, where where are you sitting? Just like you said, where are you (laughs) sitting? How can you get more people there? And how can you help them? And how can you bring down some of those barriers? Because I think it's like such, there's so many barriers and we got to bring them down. Yes. So first things first, pause this podcast right now and go register to vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then vote and sure you're for everyone at your local level too, because a lot mm-hmm. of stuff gets done without anyone knowing. <laughs> I would say the majority of stuff happens at the local level. Yeah. So and those those like, elections are really important. That's where you can make a big difference. Doing? What is your local community doing? What kind of like environmental laws are they doing? Some shady stuff where they're like <laughs> putting a dump somewhere that maybe you didn't want the dump on your. Um, 
neighborhood and it's getting pushed to somebody else's neighborhood. And why is that? Um, yes. Yeah. Environmental I, I, I thought that was like a really interesting, that was an interesting story to me when she talked about the, um, the landfill that was put on a park mm-hmm. in a yeah. mostly black neighborhood. And then everybody for generations had cancer. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's the same story as what's happening in Flint still. Mm-hmm. The yeah, people like, who can't afford the water purifiers or the bottled water, they're the ones that are still exposed to lead. Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah, even though it is a municipality Ugh. issue, they changed water sources, and that is why the water sucks now. Right. Because they aren't because... treating it the same way. Right. And then the pipes broke down, and then, yeah. Right. There was a book on that that um the girl the the girl no the uh, pediatrician who wrote it from flint came to bg to speak oh wow last year it was really really cool um and i also you can also like at a lot of colleges if you're interested just as like a nice little plug um a lot of them have environmental justice classes. So if you want to learn more about how landfills are being put into these poor neighborhoods when it's exposing these people to terrible, terrible health issues because of it, um, you can you can take those classes or read those books. Uh, I took one in my undergrad. So mm-hmm. it was really valuable for me. So do yeah. it. A lot of colleges have that kind of stuff, and it's yeah. really important to take something like that just to know, like, what is happening in communities yeah. around the world. Because you don't know. Like, if you're not in that community, you don't necessarily know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're not in their shoes, but you should try to put yourself there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I would say it's a good book. It's definitely something that you want to take your time getting through. Um, but it's worth it to read it and just get that, like, how does science deal with race and how has it dealt with it and what can we do to change it? Yes. And what are, like, the underlying issues? I would give it a 9 out of 10 bugs. And I only give it a 9 instead of a 10 because um, there was a little bit of medical jargon that I had to look up on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did think it was slightly inaccessible for certain yeah. years. Um, yeah. I think it's definitely, if you're coming from an academic background, you can definitely partake in it. But I think like someone like my mom who didn't go to college or something like that would have a difficult time getting through it. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of uh, libraries, at least my library, and I recommended it to a few other people and their libraries had it too on audiobook mm-hmm. um, and I think that was definitely the better route to go I tried to read it physically and I got too bogged down by the words that I didn't know honestly so the audiobook was easier for me because I could listen to it rather than focus and get distracted on those words I didn't know yeah, I also only listen to it on audiobooks so yeah. I don't know what the reading experience is but I think audiobook is a good way to go for this book. Yeah, you know, I hadn't tried audiobooks until we did this book club, and I think I really like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I think sometimes I zone out a little bit. It's like easier to zone out with an audiobook. Um, 
But I found that sometimes if you're looking for a good one, it can be helpful to find like a good reader of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, The reader really matters. Yeah. I think we talked about that before once. Yeah, we might have. Yeah. All right. So I think that's all of the yelling and confusion that I have to (laughs) present today. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But I hope it did encourage you to educate yourself as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. (laughs) As always, we love you. We'll see you. Goodbye.